I'm going to take a Bible and turn to Genesis 32, verses 1 and 2. And Jacob went on his way, and the angels of God met him. And when Jacob saw them, he said, This is God's host. Call the name of the place Mahanon. Let's pray together, please. Most gracious Heavenly Father, we do thank thee again for thy blessings you've given us in Christ Jesus. We do thank about Brother Duke that you'd have... Uh, mercy upon him, the church there, and his family, and Lord, pray your blessings be on all the churches and, and the pastors and the members therein, that everything be done to the honor and glory, and we pray that you'd bless us tonight, that you'd open up our understanding, and that we can see some things that we may fail in as we look into the passage, and and see how he handled things, and hear that we often may find ourselves in like manner. We just thank you for your Holy Spirit that leads us, directs us, and guides us, and gives us understanding in thy word. We just praise thee and thank thee in Jesus' name for his sake. Amen. We think about uh, Jacob. He left Laban, Laban, and now he was going to have to face Esau. So I put it on there. He's like going down the fire into the frying pan. He uh, just change one enemy for another, and and he reminded that, as we had read, that Esau promised to kill uh, Jacob, but he he did that, and, and he said after his Isaac died, because they thought Isaac's going to die just any moment, and of course Isaac's still living at this time, and nonetheless, uh, Jacob was scared to death of him, and we see some verses in there and just talks about how frightened he was of uh, facing Esau. And the first two verses here, it speaks of uh, God's host, the angels, and uh, that they met him. It doesn't, this is all it says about it. It doesn't say uh, too much else about it. But, uh, and God gave him a promise and that he had the promise of Abraham and then God uh, gave him promises as living that he would be with uh, leaving and that he would be with them and uh, all the way and and then uh, we'll see two other things here uh, that supports that God's for him and uh, and he shouldn't be afraid but we see that uh, in all these things he seems to, if you will not to <clears throat> trust God and whatsoever is not a faith is sin. And uh, even though God gave him all these things, he was still afraid of his brother Esau. And this is copied after 20 years. Jacob passed, <clears throat> was watching, uh, catching up with, <clears throat> with him, and the, he was afraid. And uh, <clears throat> it's strange now we convince ourselves that we can escape the past and not reap what we've sown. We try to forget our sins but our sins don't forget us what Jacob did to his father and brother was forgiven by God but neither time nor nor geography could change the consequences of those acts trusting God and scheming against God for help and then acting as though we don't even know God a crisis doesn't make a man it shows what a man is made of, and that's Wearsby. And uh, he's seen the heavenly host, and he uh, and tried to appease Esau, verses 1 through 8. We already read the first two, and 
Jacob was uh, getting uh, ready to cross the Jordan River. We do have two different rivers in our lesson, and the Jordan is the one of them. We'll look at the other as we get to it. And uh, this would bring him into the promised land. And uh, so he is much perplexed when seeing the God's host or the angels and uh, this Merariah, two caps, Mahanamim, two caps and a proper noun designating the word is its dual form and meaning two or dual caps. And it was used by Jacob to indicate God had encamped in the midst of Jacob and then Jacob would be in the other camp. And so it was a camp within a camp. So he had God's angels that were camping in there and amongst them. So this should be sufficient. One angel be enough to protect you. I mean, you wouldn't, you wouldn't need a whole band of them. But nonetheless, this is what God gave them. And later on the border between the tribes, Gad and Manasseh, uh, then it became a Levitical town. And this is the area which he was passing over the Jordan River at. And he should have been encouraged tremendously when seeing God's host. I mean, we would think that that would be sufficient, that you wouldn't be afraid of Esau coming with his, uh, with his army. But nonetheless, Jacob was still afraid. And uh, even though God had showed him that, in verses 3 through 5, and Jacob sent messengers before him to Esau, his brother, into the land of Seir, the country of Edom, and he commanded them, saying, Thus shall ye speak unto my lord Esau, thy servant, Jacob, and Seth, and thus I have sojourned with Laban, and stayed there until now, and have oxen and asses, flocks and men servants, women servants, and I have sent to tell my lord uh, that I may find grace in thy sight. Now, first of all, God made him lord over his, over his brother. And now he's saying, uh, I'm your servant and you're the Lord. And speaking of Esau, and this is and in this passage. And so he uh, devised means, if you will, to appease Esau all the way through. And this is one of them. I'm back in the land and I have a lot of uh, cattle and different things. And so uh, uh, you're the Lord of the manor, if you will, and I'm just your servant and and, uh, and so this is uh, the way that he presents himself, or his messengers present himself to Esau. His message to Esau, called Esau means Harry, in the land of Sir, <coughs> Mount Sir, or Edom. And Edom, of course, means red, red, uh, born red all over, sold a birthright for red pottage. And some thinks he was red-headed. I don't know, uh, we can't prove that part, but... Nonetheless, he's associated with red, and Edom just literally means red. That'd be like a nickname uh, some people give a redhead. They say, hello, red, and that's what Edom means. Just uh, They're called Edomites in the land of Sir, in the land of Edom, and it carries those different names. They were <clears throat> to inform his lord, Esau, <clears throat> the return of uh, his return to the land, and of course, this was proper thing for him to do. I mean, to tell Esau he was coming, he was there. And then uh, Jacob informs of his wealth. I'm not too sure about that. 
and then he uh, is trying to find mercy in the eyes of Esau. It was a good idea, to, as I mentioned, to let him know that he was coming, but he should have trusted God. And he should have stood bold like Abraham did, and, uh, as, and as not so much as Isaac, and, and, uh, and at least count on the Lord. And I know Abraham failed a couple of times, but uh, he picked himself up, and he never did, if you will, uh, designate himself less than what God called him to be. And so he was, uh, verse 6, And the message returned to Jacob, saying, We came to thy brother Esau, and also he cometh to meet thee, and four hundred men with him. So <clears throat> we find that uh, Esau's coming, but he's bringing four hundred men, and these were probably trained men. They, uh, each, uh, each chieftain would have his own army uh, for protection of his flock and of his uh, camp. And, and so the stronger the chieftain was, then the larger the army he would be able to put in the field to protect everything he had. And then, of course, others not only protect what they had, but try to go take what others had. And so... These four hundred men are not shepherds. <clears throat> they're not. Uh, uh, they're not women servants and man servants. They're they're a soldiers. They're an army. And yes, they probably done other things besides just guarding the flock. But that was their main. That was their main uh, cause, if you will, or calling, or job. <clears throat> In verses seven and eight, and Jacob was greatly afraid and distressed. And he divided the people that was with them and the flocks and the herds and the camels into two bands and said, If Esau come to the one company and smite it, then the other company which is left shall escape. And in all of this, he doesn't mention God at all. He just, he's devising the means why, where he won't lose it all. He can lose part of it, but he won't lose it all. And so that's his... Ideal, he wasn't going to be the general out leading a charge. Uh, he was going to be in the background and going whichever one survived. And so this, uh, and again, he discounts all that God had told him. I mean, the reason he went back, God told him to go back. And yes, he was fleeing Laban. That he thought Laban kept cheating him, and and so he left the land as we looked at last time. And and uh, but nonetheless. Uh, he still doesn't even call upon God right here. We know he does later. And so uh, he, he was trying to save part of his family and didn't have the, he forgotten so quickly God's provision, the band of angels plus God's promises. They're in Psalms 34, 7. Psalms 34, 7. <clears throat> the angels of the Lord are <clears throat> the angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and delivereth them. <clears throat> and so we see the promise there, and then Romans eight thirty one. Romans eight thirty one. He spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. Now, 
how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? And so he had the same promises that God had promised him that he'd go in, he'd bless him in the land, he'd be fruitful, he would multiply, and his seed would multiply. And in uh, all of this, he was uh, scared to death. I mean, he just feared uh, Esau, and uh, which is the better faith. I should have just left it open over in, in Psalms. <clears throat> I'd seen this, and I thought... <clears throat> That's uh, in Psalms 56.3. And both of them are good verses. I'm not saying that, uh, that they're not good verses. But the, there's a little difference between the two. <clears throat> what time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. And then, I, and then Isaiah 12.2. Isaiah 12, 2. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. For the Lord Jehovah is my strength and my song. He also is become my salvation. And so one says, I'll I'll trust in the Lord or have faith in the Lord while I'm afraid. And the other says, don't be afraid. And so... Uh, the latter is the superior to the other. <clears throat> Jacob then prays to God in uh, verses 9 through 12. <clears throat> and <clears throat> Jacob said, O God my, of my father Abraham and God of my father Isaac, the Lord which saith unto me, Return unto thy country and to thy kindred, and I will deal with thee i am not worthy of the least of all the mercies and of all the truth which thou hast shown unto thy servant for with my staff i passed over this jordan and now have become two bands deliver me i pray thee from the hand of my brother from the hand of esau for i fear him lest he will come and smite me and the mother with the children and thou sayest i will surely do thee good, and make thy seed to be as the sand of the sea, which cannot be numbered for multitude. <clears throat> and verse 13, we'll go ahead and read that. Uh, and he lodged there that same night, and took of uh, that which came to his hand to present to Esau his brother. Now here he prays to God, and he say, well, now, uh, he tells what the God has done. Uh, he reminds God that he was... Uh, everything he'd done was predicated because uh, <clears throat> because of what God told him to do. He told him to return to the land, the Canaan land, and and uh, and he says, "I will deal well with thee uh, in the Canaan land." And and the verse ten gives us most significant prayer aid for repentance. Uh, sinners are saint. I'm not worthy of the least of all thy mercies and of all the truth which thou showed unto thy servant. And, and that's true of everyone. We're not worthy of anything God gives us. Even the sinner's not worthy of the blessings he has. You say, well, he's lost and all this. Yeah, but he's still, he's living in God's world. He still has the 
uh, provisions that God gives, and uh, most of the time, you, as far as provisions go, you cannot tell the difference between a saint or a sinner. I mean, uh, one that's going to glory and one that's not. And, and because God blesses all, and he has mercy upon all upon the earth. And so, and, and uh, the blessings we have, the extra blessing we have, communion of the Holy Spirit, salvation, deliverance, and a future home uh, be in the presence of God Almighty for eternity. Uh, and we have that blessing that they do not have. And so we're not worthy of anything that God has given us. We don't have a clue how many times, I, I, I put in about me, they prayed this before Almighty God. Sometimes we get to thinking too high of ourselves and have to remind ourselves that we're, we're, not, <clears throat> we're not anybody. Now, the only thing that makes us worth anything is Jesus Christ. <clears throat> and in obedience uh, to God, he would cross over Jordan, a staff, and then, but he says increase to two bands. I used to be one band, now I'm increased in two bands. But the reason for having two bands is not that there was so many of them that it was just going to be so crowded that he broke them up in two bands so they go over. But the reason for two bands is if Esau attacked one, then the other could get away. And so it had nothing to do with God's provisions, but in his prayer, he's, uh, he mentioned that now have come two bands to cross over and and he's talking about his increase. Now God has blessed him in that. And, and uh, so it reveals, <clears throat> excuse me, will God uh, call us where he won't take care of you? Will call, God call you to go somewhere? He's not going to take care of you. Provide for you. And he had promises that uh, I don't know of hardly any missionaries I've ever heard. I've heard of some in the past was like that, but... I, don't, I have never heard a missionary who said, well, God's called me to China and he's going to give me a multitude of souls. And uh, we would look at somebody like that like, are you sure about that? I mean, we'd be, we'd be skeptical, but God told him, you go in the land, I'm going to bless you, and you're going to multiply. <laughs> and he had these sons, how would they multiply if Esau killed them? I mean, if he come in and wiped out the family, then how could he multiply? How could he become a great nation? And all the promises God made Abraham, and how could these things be if God didn't protect him and take care of him and cause uh, him to multiply? Abraham had one son that counted. And, and Isaac, we have what? Two sons. Only one of those counted, and that's Jacob. And and then we have uh, Jacob. He's already up to, he doesn't have 12 yet. What is it, 11, 10 or 11, something like that, when he comes back into the promised land. And so uh, he speaks to God about his fear of Esau, his brother. He reminds God of what he had promised him. Thou saith, I will surely do thee good and make thy seed as the sand of the... Uh, Seed as the sand of the sea, which cannot be numbered for multitude. And as this, uh, we often see this in the scriptures, God's people praying God's word back to him, revealing their dependence upon him and on the premise by which we're praying. Uh, and we come in Jesus' name because our name is not worthy. Uh, we come because he's our high priest and, 
and he's the one that makes the prayer worthy before Almighty God, then we can boldly come before his throne of grace, enter into the holiest, and we enter to the holiest by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then the next verse in Hebrews reminds us that his, his flesh, his body, is the veil therein. And, and so it, it, it pictures Christ's suffering on the cross for us, not only even just the blood that was shed, but all that he, how he was abused, and that body is the veil by which we go into the holy or the holiest place. He reveals that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. How many promises does a child of God have? His mercy endureth forever. This phrase is repeated over 40 times in the Bible, his mercies endureth forever. And, uh, and, re- and so this is, uh, this is a, 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 to me, it's, it speaks that there's no end to God's mercy. And sometimes we think that it's limited, and it's not limited. God can do anything it so pleases him to do. Jacob sends a, a presence to find favor in Esau's sight. Uh, this, first of all, shows he's not trusting God at all. He's trusting his skill and his cunningness. There in the 13, verse 13, read that again. And he lies there that same night and took of that which came to his hand, to a present to Esau his brother, 200 she-goats and 20 he-goats and 200 ewes and 20 rams, 30 milk cow camels and milch camels with their colts, 40 kine and 10 bulls, 20 she-asses and 10 foals, and deliver them into the hand of his servants, ever drove by themselves, and said unto his servants, Pass over before me, and put a space between between grove and drove. And he commanded the foremost, saying, When Esau my brother meeteth thee, and asked thee, saying, Whose art thou, and whither thou goest thou, and whose are these before thee? Then thou shalt say, They be thy servants Jacob's, and is a present sent unto my Lord Esau, and behold, all he is behind us. And so commanded he the second, the third, and all the followed, if you will, the droves, saying of this manner, speak ye ye Esau, speak unto Esau when you find him, and say ye, ye moreover, behold, my servant Jacob is behind us, for I said I will appease him <clears throat> with my pre- appease him with the presence that goeth before me, and afterward I will see his face. Preadventure he will accept me. And so he uh, trying to bribe him. I mean that's just all this is is trying to butter him up and uh, speak smooth speaking words to him. I. I'm the servant, you're the Lord, and here's all these presents I'm bringing unto you. And uh, there's approximately 500 animals that are speaking of here, and uh, there's no indication of what percentage this was that probably was not hardly a dip, if you will, in his 
and his flocks. Uh, he uh, thought that each drove was made up of one kind of animal. We don't know that. Uh, but uh, most think there was five droves. Uh, we don't know that either, but we know there's at least three, and then it says in the droves that followed. So we know there's three, and there had to be droves. There had to be at least two more uh, to be a droves, and so it would be five at least, and uh, they would spread them out, and <clears throat> as they spread them out, it made it uh, uh, seem like a grander, uh, if you will, as they emphasize uh, his position before Esau, and then Jacob forgot God made him lord over Esau. Do we churches and saints fall short here also? Many have the false philosophy. The Lord helps those that help themselves. Yes. And I don't know how many times in churches over the years that I've heard Christians say that in the churches. And, and I mean, even get up in the business meeting and say something like that or, or in a devotion, you know, the Lord helps those that help themselves as, either, as if, if you're not able to help yourself, then you have no chance. I mean, you know, he only helps those that help themselves. And the Bible indicates he helps those that are his. Those he's chosen, those he has chosen to help, he helps them. I mean, uh, Abraham would fail down in, in Egypt if he wasn't God's man, and, and if God didn't deliver him, and, he, and Abraham didn't help himself. <laughs> uh, if, he, if God depended on Abraham to help himself, he'd been, he would die in Egypt, in Ambivalent, and so on and so forth. And so this is just a, an ideal, but we see it played out here. Uh, he's playing this out, that he's going to help God out and. Uh, uh, and getting him into the land and having peace with his brother Esau. And this shall uh, still, uh, the day, some today, as in Romans ten seventeen. so then faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. In Romans fourteen twenty three, uh, latter part, whatsoever is not of faith is sin. And then um, 20b, for he said, I will appease him with the presence that goeth before me, and afterward I'll see his face preadventured, he'll accept me. But he should have stood up like a lord, like a chieftain. I mean, he should have been standing just like a like Laban did in uh, if you will in <coughs> in Haran and and as he should have stood before Esau as an equal and really before God's sight he was the he was the superior and he wouldn't have called Esau Lord. And uh, so, nonetheless, we see that uh, uh, Jacob, uh, the second uh, phrase I use, every man has his price. And uh, sometime we think you can buy people off. Some people you can't buy off. And then once you start buying, there's no end to buying. And most of us wouldn't have money to buy anybody off anyway. But this is his ideal uh, <clears throat> that he could buy Esau off. There in uh, verse 21. Excuse me. So when, <clears throat> when the presence over before him, um, went, so went the presence over before him, and himself lodged that night in the company, and he rose up at midnight 
and took his two wives and his two women servants and his eleven sons and passed over the ford Jabbok. <clears throat> and he took them and sent them over the brook and set over uh, <clears throat> and sent over all uh, over that he had. Excuse me. So we find it just means he's left alone. Uh, he sent them over the brook and. The brook can mean anything from a stream, a flood, a torrent, a wadi, a a stream's bed, river's bed, and so on and so forth. The river means a river. (laughs) And so this this speaking of uh, Jabbok is, and it's called a river sometimes, it's referred to sometimes as a wadi, uh, the Egyptian river that's between Israel and Egypt that's, Sometimes it's called a wadi, sometimes it's called a river, but it's not a river that has water in it all the time. A wadi is something uh, that has water usually in the rain season, but it has water at that time and runs off. And if you have a real wet year, it might run like a river for that year, but uh, normally it would run out of rain if just a part of the, uh, <clears throat> the carry the water off. And so the Egyptian river, a lot of times you could just pass over it dry shod. You don't have to worry about going around it, swimming through it, or anything else. And Habak is, uh, Jabok, excuse me, is similar to that. And uh, so it can mean, as we already mentioned, he's, as he passed over, passed over the brook, <clears throat> and Jacob sent them over. Uh, he set him over this river, and then he was left alone. He wrestles with God and is uh, given a new name, Genesis 32, 24, and 32. We read 24 and 25 first. And Jacob was left alone, and were there, there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh, and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint, and he wrestled with him. <clears throat> and so we see that many of you uh, use this as a saint's wrestling with the Lord over in prayer, and and uh, uh, <clears throat> like it's a wrestling match. But sometimes God needs to get our attention, and there's things that we really have to pray through, and and. Uh, we don't, uh, I mean, I, people don't pray through all night all the time, but there are those times that you do. And uh, some refer to us as wrestling with God. Is the God's, cha- what he's doing is changing us. It's not we changing God, God's changing us to accept what his will and plan is for us. And so the wrestling match took place in a solitary place. And this is copied from Morse. It's significant that the name Jabok means wrestler, a name evidently given to it later in commemoration of Jacob's amazing experience that night. This section indeed is one of the most difficult to understand in the Bible. Did he actually wrestle with a man or with an angel, or is the entire description simply an allegory of the spiritual battle through which he passed that night? Interpretation of this passage have been many and fanciful. I'm just going to go ahead. Uh, <clears throat> we're not going to read Hosea. You can read that for yourself. Twelve and forty-five says the same angel of the Lord here and the and Bethel and pre-incarnate Christ. I guess we ought to read it. 
And I passed over it three times. Twelve, four, and five. Yea, he hath power over the angels that prevailed, and he wept and made supplications unto him. He found him in Bethel, and there he spake with us, and even the God, Lord God of the host, the Lord is our memorial. Uh, read verse three, two, so we... Uh, verse 2 speaks of, is speaking of Jacob. Uh, verse 3, that he took his brother by the heel, so we know it's talking about Jacob. And then he sees had power over the angel and prevailed and wept and made supplication unto him and found him in Bethel. And, and he spake with him, even the Lord God of hosts, the Lord is his memorial. And so and this is the pre-incarnate Christ that he's speaking of here. And uh, Peniel means facing God. And this, um, God gives many thoughts over uh, an example all over the place from only a vision, Jacob's imagination, uh, the angel Michael, and then says in part being, this from Gil, being expressly called of God, verse 28 and 30, and was no doubt the son of God in human form who frequently appeared in it as a token and a pledge of his future incarnation and his wrestling was real and corporal on the on part of both. The man took hold of Jacob and he took hold of the man and they strove and struggled together for victory <coughs> as wrestlers do. And if you know Gil, it goes on for quite a while. But <coughs> I copied that out. That's what I believe it is a pre-incarnate Christ. And I think it just as it says. He was as a man. He wrestled with uh, Jacob, and and uh, and we say, well, how could he have power with God? That was the whole point of this thing to show that he did have power with God. And and yes, it's just as easy for as as he touched his the hollow of his thigh, he could have touched his heart. I mean, he could touch his brain. He could. I mean, the the and he wasn't. He wasn't so powerful, uh, but the point of it is here he wrestled with God, and and he had a uh, uh, he couldn't the the man couldn't prevail. It tells us and and uh, <clears throat> over him and touched a hollow, if you will, in Jacob and his thigh, and was out of joint. And uh, twenty six and twenty eight. <clears throat> and he said, Let me go, for day breaketh. And he said, I will not let thee go, except thou bless me. And he said unto him, said unto him, What is thy name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, Thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. For a prince hast thou power with God and with man, and hast prevailed. And Jacob asked him, and said, Tell me, I pray thee, thy name. And he said, Wherefore is it that... <clears throat> that Thou askest after my name, and he blessed him. And Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, and for I have seen God face to face, and my life is preserved. And as he passed over Peniel, Peniel and the sun rose up, and he halted upon his thigh. Therefore the children of Israel eat not of the sinew which shrank, which, upon, uh, which is upon the hollow of the thigh unto this day, because he touched the 
the hollow of Jacob's thigh and in the sinew that shrank. And it's quite evident from the scripture it was the Lord of hosts. It was God that did that. And uh, so it was the pre-incarnate Christ. Uh, We're not going to be able to go through each part of it, but uh, we think of the different ones that had seen God face to face and didn't die. And uh, we found uh, Moses, you know, was covered or masked so he wouldn't see. At least he would die to look upon the face of God. So this is a pre-incarnate Christ. It's different than seeing the glory of a God. In Judges 6.22, Samson's parents had a similar experience. And, uh, and Manoah said unto his wife, We shall surely die because we have seen God. But his wife said unto him, If the Lord were pleased to kill us, he would, <coughs> would not have received of the burnt, a burnt offering and a meat offering and of our, at our hands. Neither would he have shown us all these things, nor would as it at as at this time have told us such things as these. Now, God had made uh, Jacob, the point of reading that is that Manoah's wife was right on point. If God was going to kill him, he just went ahead and killed him. And uh, instead of showing all these blessings, what what Samson was going to be or what he should be and how they were to raise him up and that type of thing, and he would be a deliverer, the last... Uh, results or memorial is that event. Uh, Jacob limped so his children did not eat the <coughs> the sinew which shrank. Note that most people in the Bible whom God changes their name are changed by the new name from then on. And I give the example Saul to Paul. Once you get in the axe and you start being called Paul, You don't see Saul again. But Jacob is not that way. He's called Jacob throughout the Old Testament. He's called Jacob in the New Testament. He's called Israel in both. And so his name, usurper, uh, heel grabber, uh, continues on. And usually, uh, some of the time, not all the time, because there's, there's I think, a particular reason why in some places he's called Jacob. But nonetheless, now, sometimes when they're doing something cunning, uh, when they're doing a little something deceptive, he'll be called Jacob or the children of Israel be called the children of Jacob. <clears throat> and, uh, but there's uh, one truth here is that many um, uh, people, uh, the uh, covenant <clears throat> theology people, believe that the church is a new Israel. And they said all the promises given to Israel are ours. Uh, the problem that they have with that, I asked one of the brothers, and it was real strong in that, and I said, how come God made all the same promises to Jacob? Now, what I mean by that is in the name of Jacob. <clears throat> and God made him the same identical promises. So I said, I said, so you're taking that we're the new Israel, but I said Israel's still going to be delivered and saved just like the Bible says. <clears throat> and uh, they, we find that our provisions sometimes are lacking because we lack faith. And we try to do things on our own instead of depending upon God. And he given all those cattle away. That's not the point of giving them away. Just as his fear is the reason he gave them away. So he tried to bribe him. He tried to put his family in two droves and, 
And all the time, God said, I'm going to be with you. He had power with God, wrestled with him. <clears throat> and, uh, and so he had all these things going for him. And, and, uh, and he said they, uh, the host or the angels were encamped in their camp. In other words, double camp is what the word means there. And so it's speaking of that he knew that the host of God's angels was among them. And still yet, uh, he feared Jake Esau and did all of these things. 